0: This is Smart Women, Smart Power, a podcast that features conversations with some of the world's most
1: powerful women. I can't imagine people better suited to make positive change in the world than people who thrive in a system that wasn't built by them.
0: We feature women who are breaking barriers and shaping the future of foreign policy, national security, international business, and development. I'm Beverly Kirk, the director of the Smart Women, Smart Power Initiative at the Center for Strategic and International Studies in Washington. Maggie Feldman-Pilch is the founder and managing director of NatSec Girl Squad, a nonpartisan, nonpolitical, professional development community and strategic advisory firm. NatSec Girl Squad is made up of people committed to diversity in national security and defense. Maggie has also worked for the American Security Project, where she led the Women in Security Leadership Initiative. I spoke with Maggie about her career in national security and her goals for NATSEC Girl
1: Squad. Maggie, welcome to the Smart Women, Smart Power podcast. Thank you for having me, Bev. This is very exciting. I am such a Smart Women, Smart Power fan, as you know, and I have fangirled over this podcast for many years. So this is a big moment for me.
0: (laughs) Well, it's a big moment for me because I am such a NatSec Girl Squad fangirl. Thank you. And in full disclosure, Maggie had me on her podcast a while ago.
1: And, and I was the worst ago, no. podcast oh guest you ever. You were not the worst. We've discussed this. There was somebody whose name we will not record <laughs> who was way worse than you. There were actually a lot of people way worse than you, but you were great. And I was thinking about it this morning. Like that was several years ago, <laughs>
0: and now Nat's at Girl Squad. It was just starting yeah. when you had literally just started it. Yeah. When we had that conversation, and now it's grown into this.
1: Yeah. I would say <laughs> worldwide
0: phenom. Uh-huh.
1: Every day it grows a little bit more. Um, the last year especially has just been it's fabulous. It's a little overwhelming to me, right? Because it's what I do all day. And so I'm like, do other people really know about this? Um yes, yes turns they out. Do. Yeah. Um <laughs> and and the last couple of months especially, um, I start getting messages or emails from people and there's and they're people I don't know, and they're like, hey, I just joined. I heard about NATSEC Girl Squad from this other person, and I have no idea who that other person is. And I'm like, Okay, like welcome. This is super exciting. So yeah, it's grown a lot. It's changed a lot, but it's great and I love it and it's a ton of fun. And tell me why did you
0: start it? And I guess for our listeners who may not
1: be familiar yeah. with the Nat Girl Nat Set Girl
0: Squad. Tell them what it sure. is and what made you get
1: started with it. Sure. So Natsuk Girl Squad is a part professional development community and part um, what I lovingly refer to as creative problem-solving firm, which I guess in D.C. the technical term is strategic advisory services. So mostly human capital management, culture, innovation, talent acquisition through DOD, the IC, and some federal law enforcement. But we're really known, at least publicly, for the professional development community. And so every everything we do focuses on building competent diversity and national security and defense and all of our work really falls into at least one of three buckets. So our goals are are to build expertise among our members. Um, and our members are anybody who I refer to as non-PMS. So non-pale male and stale, which means that men are absolutely welcome. They just can't be stale. Um, and most of the, the men that come our way aren't. Um, so we focus on building expertise among our members, building confidence in that expertise. So having our members recognize themselves as experts, but also have other people recognize them as experts, which Mm Which is actually the harder part. Um, And then the third piece that I get really excited about is looking at our institutions and and really the whole national security apparatus and saying, what should we change? What can we change? What should we keep? Um, And how can we get us to where we want to go?
0: I want to follow up on a couple of things that you said there. You mentioned diversity. And this is the second conversation on the Smart Women, Smart Power podcast uh, about women who are working on inclusion and diversity. We had Ambassador Bonnie Jenkins with WCAPS, the Women of Color Advancing Peace and Security, do this podcast. And now we're welcoming you. Uh, You also mentioned men in that same statement of diversity and inclusion. And we here at Smart Women, Smart Power love smart men. Yes, we do. Uh,
1: Yes. Oh, How important is it to make that known? I guess there's two ways to answer that question. There's how important it is to me, and then what is the general consensus? So for me, for our goals, and particularly because we are a for-profit, not a nonprofit, it's really important. So our annual conference, we want men there as attendees. We have men, I think we have one man on a panel. We have men teaching breakout sessions. We have men coming as mentors. Frankly, like I'm really more interested in a peaceful transition of power than a violent overthrow. I will take this second option if I have to. But smart power means, you know, your threat of force alone could be enough. Right. That's what it means. So there are entirely too many men to do this without them. And some of them are pretty smart. Right. Um, and we need them. And as allies, as, as allies. Right. And and for us, competent diversity means exactly that competent diversity. And it is possible to be a man. Who is a diverse human being, right? Like, there is gender is not the only marker that matters here. Particularly in this day and age, when we need people who are coming from different socioeconomic backgrounds, um, different immigration statuses, different—you know—are you the child of immigrants? Are you generation one point five? Have you come to the states yourself? Um, all of those things matter. All of those perspectives matter in not just furthering you know, national security goals, but keeping our country safe and having good policy. Um so we need men, we like men, we want men. And having diversity of thought, which yes. is what I take away from what you
0: just said. Yeah. Having diversity of thought is as important as any other type of diversity.
1: Absolutely. And for me and I think for Natsuch Girl Squad, those two things are almost synonymous, right? For us, we think diversity of experience and diversity of people will translate, does translate to diversity of thought. I see no reason to believe or have any data that suggests it doesn't. And when people ask me, oh, well, why does diversity matter? How do you know that a diverse team, you know, is going to get the job done better? Um, First, I laugh. And then I say, have you tried Google? Um, Because I hate (laughs) this question. And The next thing I say is show me the data that says a homogenous team, a group of old white men are going to get you the better answer, right? No one ever asked that question. But as I've said before, I can't imagine a team of people better suited to make positive change in the world than people who have managed to not just survive but thrive in a system that wasn't built for them or by them. And I think those of us that fall outside of the PMS kind of framework are pretty good at, at we're like water on pavement, we get everywhere. So I, I would want those people on my team. Uh-huh.
0: And, and when you speak as the way you speak so forthrightly about, <laughs> about this issue, do you worry
1: that some folks might hear it and be turned off or? I don't care. <laughs> um, you know, I, I used to, and then I realized The only reason I felt that way is because someone told me I should. I remember one of the first times I started speaking semi-publicly, and by semi-publicly I mean this was like several years ago and I said something on Twitter. Somebody said to me, are you sure this is the hill you wanna die on? And I wrote back every damn day, cause it is. Like for me, the most crucial national security issue is who's in the room making the decisions, right? Like I can't know everything about everything. I have to trust that the people in the room at the time are the best people for the job. Um, And I don't think we're gonna get where we need to go unless that's the case. Uh, So for me, that's what Natsa Girl Squad is really about, and if you are soft on that, then you are soft on defense. And I don't really have time for you, anyways. <laughs> I have other stuff to do, so I, it's totally a fair question. And I know that there are some people who wish I was softer about it, but I'm just—that's just not who I am. Mm-hmm.
0: And, well, let's talk about uh, challenges in building the organization. Yeah, uh, you've been at this for several years, and it has grown tremendously. Talk about what you've done to build it and to get people.
1: To to join. Yeah. So I think there are kind of two sides to this for me. So there's the the external and the internal, right? So NATSEC Girl Squad does not discriminate who's in NATSEC Girl Squad, right? If NATSEC Girl Squad resonates with you, come be in our club, right? We do have a dues paying membership program. It starts at $20 a year. And yes, you get like some great benefits for being a member. Um, but if what we're doing resonates with you, you are welcome. And I think that's really appealing to people. I think that Most of the time when you're talking to people who are devoting their lives to public service, um, that sense of community, that sense of belonging and knowing that we have each other's back, right, this idea of building as we climb, like we're not trying to push each other down and, and there's enough, quote, success to go around is appealing to people. Like that's a good way to live your life. And one of the real challenges has been that there are a ton of incredible organizations doing work in this space. WCAPS is certainly one of them. And they're all nonprofits. And that's great. And we need that as well. But kind of the two things that make Natsa Girl Squad different and frankly have for sure created challenges for me is, one, we're not a nonprofit. So this is a business. I've got to run it like a business to a certain extent. And there are incredible people, incredible women who raise their hand and like, I want to be involved and I really want their input. I want them to be involved. But when you can't pay them – that's a challenge, right? And because we're not a nonprofit, we're not a volunteer organization. I'm not going to ask somebody to do something for free that I wouldn't do for free myself, right? So that's a challenge. Um, and I would also say that social media, which is probably how a lot of people who have heard of us and are listening to this podcast are familiar with us, is actually a very small portion of what we do. So Nats Girl Squad, at the end of the day, really does focus on women in national security and defense, and I would say less than a fifth. I think it's something like 18% of our community is on social media, right? The vast majority of our members are people who, for being on a podcast for being on Twitter, writing an op-ed or being on a panel is not just not their definition of success, but it would actually be detrimental to their, their career ambitions, potentially their safety, all of these things, right? Like we're really working with people who are not In, quote, foreign policy, it's really the national security and defense side. So it's a lot of Hatch Act restricted people. Mm And for people who don't know what Hatch Act restricted means. Yes. So that means that your job is not just nonpartisan, but it is apolitical. Right. Um, I think that's probably the the Mm -hmm. most succinct way of explaining it. Um, And so. that is why Natsa Girl Squad is not just nonpartisan, but we are non-political, right? We are not, and that means not even bipartisan, right? Like, We are not involved in in any elections. We don't endorse any candidates. I myself am very careful about what events I go to or don't go to or or things that we're involved in because our members have no other place to go because so much of this work is being done by nonprofits that are aligned with progressive values that if you can't speak in that way, if that can't be your platform, where are you supposed to go? Mm -hmm.
0: You mentioned benefits. Talk about What you
1: get if you join Natset Girl Squad. So there's this public side, like I said, of Natset Girl Squad, right? All the stuff on social media. um, And we have a free listserv that will always be free. It's called Open Source One because that's literally what it is. It's a reminder to people that, like, yeah, we screen sort of before you get on. But I can't promise you that there's not a Russian troll on there. So be mindful. But there's also a ton of other benefits that are way more private. So if someone buys a membership, we actually do a full like vetting process. And there are times where if we can't verify who you are, we'll either return your money to you or ask for additional information. Um, because we have a much more insular community where people share their resumes. Like we have a resume book. We work directly with employers. Um, we have kind of like a an emergency hotline, right? If something's happening at work and you need resources, um, we do anywhere from four to seven events a month. And we We used to open those up always to the general public. We still do as much as we can, but members always get first dibs on RSVPing. And as that community has grown, it has made it harder. Um, So, for example, an area that we focus on a lot right now is the intersection of personal style and professional life. Um, Because when you're in a male-dominated field, I think we can all relate to really thinking hard about, what am I wearing today? And how will people treat me based on what I'm wearing? And how do I feel like myself but still fit in? Um, so we have a partnership with M.M. Lafleur, um, And we've done um, everything from small pop-up shop nights with them where you come you with a mentor and you have a conversation about what to wear and you can try on some clothes. We also did a huge event with Rent the Runway, um, a panel discussion on the same topic. And I think we opened that up to everybody at the same time with about ten days notice, and we had almost three hundred people. Yeah, we wow. yeah it was it was uh, big, <laughs> it was big, it was great. We had about three hundred RSVPs. We could only hold about two hundred in the room, so wait lists are great. Um, but yeah, so so there's this whole other, almost like more intimate side. And as we pilot programs that we will bring, you know, into federal government and mission-driven organizations, our members are the the guinea pigs. Mm -hmm. So they get first dibs on everything. But this is a topic that you've raised that people
0: don't generally talk about in terms of working in security and what you wear when you work in security. And I hate to say that it's 2019
1: and we're having this conversation, but it's still something. Absolutely. And and frankly, like that I people think, whisper
0: about behind closed right. doors. And
1: it's the whispering that makes me crazy. And it makes me crazy for two reasons. One, I'm not into whispering about other people. Like if you've got some unless you're whispering really nice things. Right. If you're fangirling, that's fine. But I'm not interested in, you know, speaking ill of other people, particularly other women, particularly about how they're dressed or not dressed. Right. Like it's none of my damn business but i also know that it's a source of a lot of stress and anxiety for women for gender queer people for gender nonconforming people and like it's it's important like the hardest part i think is we've created a dynamic where we're afraid of being taken less seriously for admitting that this is something we talk about and think about and matters. And the reality is, is that you are still a kick-ass woman in national security or defense or federal law enforcement or foreign policy, diplomacy, whatever it is. And like, yeah, what you wear, fortunately or unfortunately, matters. And the first step really for Nonset Girl Squad is getting people to a point where we're not ashamed to talk about it. hmm one thing that NatSec Girl Squad
0: did earlier this year, and it's been quite a year for events on the oh, world yeah. <laughs> stage, but people may not remember, there was actually a government shutdown oh, that yeah. happened at the well, end of 2018 right. and went into early 2019, early January yeah. of 2019, and Nat Set Girl Squad did something pretty, I I don't want to say unique, but it was kind of unique.
1: Yeah, you know, it's. I almost forgot about this because it's been such a long year, man. Yeah. So basically, again, a large number of our community members are either in government, connected to government, trying to get into government. Right. So they have a job in government right now. Mm-hmm. Their partner um, and somebody who they also their household relies on for income is in government, um, or they're you know in the hiring process. So when the government shuts down. That's a challenge. Right. <laughs> because you do not get paid. You do not get paid. And the majority of our members are those again that are outside that PMS framework, right? So um we're talking young women, young women of color, women in color women of color generally speaking, first generation Americans, first generation college graduates, people who don't historically have the same kind of safety net as others, and people who kind of statistically are more likely to be supporting a whole household. So missing a paycheck is not it's a, a joke deal. it's a big deal big deal um and so the first couple of days of the shutdown um i started getting emails from people saying like hey do you have any ideas on either freelance jobs like because i'm worried about missing a paycheck and We started doing a little bit of ad hoc support that way but quickly realized the need was going to be faster than we could one-off freelance stuff for people. And at the same time, we were getting a lot of inquiries from people who weren't as impacted by the shutdown saying, I want to help people that are. So we started just pooling money, just taking in money and then sending it back out. And we gave away thousands of dollars. It it was the – at the time, the largest movement of money Nancec Girl Squad has ever undertaken. Um, We hosted, with the help of Raytheon and the Aspen Institute, a resume review. There was that big snowstorm in the middle of the shutdown, right? Right. So we we did a resume review all day that Saturday. People brought their kids because all of our events are always child-friendly, always. Um, So people brought their kids. We had – resume reviewers. We had employers on site. Um, And one of the things I found so powerful and frankly really exciting to me is that we had an enormous number of men who stepped up. They gave money. They gave their time. And at that event in particular, um, there were several, one in particular um, men who came and he's a special agent in the FBI. He was furloughed himself, still working, but without pay, but said, you know what? like there are people that that need this more than I do so he spent his saturday reviewing resumes mm-hmm. even though he wasn't getting paid mm-hmm. and still working mm-hmm. i think it really showed me and our community like that this is the real deal like we are we are there for each other And we're in this for the long haul. So yeah, thank you for reminding me of that. Man, that feels forever ago, doesn't it? It feels
0: a lifetime ago. (laughs) And um, I'm sad that we're running out of time because I could talk to you forever, but I want to get in. What's next? How do you foresee NatSec Girl Squad continuing to grow? And long term, what else do you want to do?
1: That's my favorite question. So our annual conference is coming up December 11th and 12th. Um, you should all come. It's open to everybody. It's two days here in D.C., and it's not at all your standard think tank event. Um, no offense to CSIS. I love your events. <laughs> um, but it's sort and of— And I
0: participated in last year's.
1: Oh, that's right. And it, you were I was, on a, con- I was I were on, on a panel. 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 She was great, <laughs> everybody. She was great. Um, so we're doing two days of panels, podcasts, keynotes, breakout sessions. We're going to have employers there. We're going to have the M.M. LaFleur Lifestyle Lounge. We're going to have mentors. You can get your resume reviewed. You can get interviewed on the spot. The FBI, the CIA, and NGA at least are all coming. It's going to be great. Um, So also at that that event, so backing up a little bit, um, in the next couple of weeks, you guys will start seeing – Um, an email from me about a survey we're doing. So we are working with our partner GuideHouse to formally survey our members, our community, our extended community, and find out from them, again, in a formal way, what do you see as your challenges to entering the field and what do you see as the challenges to moving forward? Um, We'll be presenting a kind of top sheet analysis of what we find from that survey at the conference and a full report in early 2020. Also at the conference, you're hearing it here first, Um, we're launching a tech challenge that will be backed by GuideHouse. Um, So we'll be looking for about five teams of people, and we're looking for diverse teams, um, to build us an app. So Natsight Girl Squad is gonna have an app. Um, It will, yeah, so it'll be a a more concise way for our members, especially those off of social media, to communicate with one another, to communicate with me, to communicate with employers and other resources. Um, It will allow me to have kind of more, quote, dynamic content. So I'll be able to, like, do videos and actually talk to people. Uh Um, And it'll just streamline so much. Um, And I'm starting the process of looking at, you know, pitch funding and, like, VCs and all of those things. So there's a lot happening. VCs meaning venture Venture, capitalists. Yeah, so if there's anyone out there that funds this stuff, cough, cough, Melinda Gates, I'm looking at you. (laughs) Um, I want some of your billion dollars, please. So, yeah, I mean, I have no business background, so we're winging it. It's going to be great. But, yeah, so those those are the um, three things the conference, the survey, the app, and who knows what happens next. I suspect this survey will really, it will have a lot to do with what happens next.
0: Maggie Feldman-Pilch, thank you so much for joining us here on Smart Women, Smart Power. Thank you for having me. Subscribe to the Smart Women, Smart Power podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to good content. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Smart Women, and I'm at Beverly Kirk. Thanks for listening. See you next time.